This episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. So Leah, what show do you want to talk about today? Very exciting new season of Harry Wilde dropping this week. Oh, Harry Wilde is great. So Harry Wilde is Harriet Wilde, played by Jane Seymour. And she just retired and she gets mugged. And so she's recovering in her son's home. And lucky for us, her son is a police detective. Isn't that convenient? She gleans a clue about one of his current cases. Mm -hmm. He is like, I got it, ma. Stay out of it, Ma. And she's like, nope. And so she sets out to solve it herself with a very unlikely sidekick. Very unlikely sidekick. And I'm not giving it away this time because I felt like I did in the Modern Blog Mysteries. So now I'm zipping my lips. <laughs> okay. You got to get in there and watch it yourself. So check that out and check out all the great stuff that Acorn has. Sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv. Hey there, it's Nick. And it's Leah. So we're doing another live show. Where you raised by wolves live. And this time we're going to be on the West Coast. Portland, Oregon, babies. So come see us on June 15th. And we're going to be at the Siren Theater. And the show starts at 7.30. So go to our website, whereyourraisedbywolves.com slash live and get some tickets. Join us. Hey, everybody, it's Nick Layton. And it's Leah Bonima. And we had so many great questions from you all in the wilderness. Ow! That, we have a bonus episode. So here we go. Our first question is, quote, if a host provides a squeegee in their shower, am I obligated to use it as a guest? Is it rude to choose not to squeegee their shower as a guest? I don't know. You know, when I read this, I thought, this is a Nick question. Oh, it's a me question? Why? Is it the squeegee part? <laughs> Does Squeegee just say Nick Layton to you? N Squeegee says Nick Layton to me. Interesting. Okay. I mean, uh, do you want to take a stab? Um, this, well, my stab was very vague. Okay. Let's hear it. I kind of feel like the Squeegee's in the shower because that's how th what they use to... I feel like, what's the damage that you did? Did you soak Water the spots. shower? But I mean, how long? You know what I mean? Was If there's a long shower where there's like condensation dripping. I mean. Or did you just get in and, and you, you had a little rinse? Have you ever been in one of these showers though? I mean, let's paint the scene. It's typically like a glass wall partition thing. It's not a shower curtain. And any water on this thing is going to leave a drip, a water spot when it dries. Well, that's why I feel like it's a Nick Layton question. Do you see what I'm saying? <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I think, first of all, why do we have these things? I mean, I'm a big fan of not having things in your house that are hard to keep clean. Like, I'm not going to have black granite countertops in my kitchen. Like, what an insane thing. You cannot keep those clean. I don't want to spend my life Windexing. And I feel like this is one of these things. This is like a surface. This is like, you can never get this perfectly clean unless you want to spend your life Windexing and like squeegeeing. And like, that's not a life I want to live. So I think my advice here is we have to renovate. I think we just have to renovate everybody's houses and take these out. So that's it. Next question. Yeah, it's so funny. That's not what I thought you were going to go with. <laughs> well, okay. But so, of course, it's very Nick. Yeah, I mean, I just feel like it's very impractical to have things in your house that are just hard to always keep pristine. And I like to live in a pristine world. So I, I just, I would not have this in any of my homes. I do think the interesting thing is the word choose. Is it rude to choose not to squeegee? That is an active choice. And it's sort of like, why would you actively choose to like not do something courteous? That's how I read this. 
So it's like, how hard is it just a squeegee? Yeah, but also, I guess from the other side, it's like as the host, if I had a squeegee shower and you were using it and you didn't squeegee, I'd be like, whatever, I'll squeegee after you're gone. So I think hosts are going to fall into two categories. One are going to be the ones that agree with you, which is like, it's fine. The others are like, they didn't squeegee. (laughs) I guess I sort of don't expect, and I feel like people are going to message me on this. um, And I guess I should just be comfortable with that. I'm not inviting people over to my house to do labor. Right. Well, I think it's the dance. It's the guest host dance, which is like, you should be mad at your guests if like it doesn't happen. Like that should just be the cost of entertaining. Also, they're never going to do it to the degree that you need it to be done. Yes. To be satisfying. You're going to go back. You're going to squeegee it over. So like, that's what's happening. However, I do want my guests to make an effort. You know, like you're not going to do it right. But like, I want to know that you tried a little bit. Like, I like that gesture. Like to see the squeegee and actively choose not to use it. I'm like, yeah, I, you know, would it kill you? You know, give give it a few little wipes with the squeegee. You know, just show you cared a little bit. I kind of want that too. Also, I think in some bathrooms, there's like a problem with condensation. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Like in for when we signed our lease in this apartment, like they made it very clear that water... Um, sitting on walls as a situation. Sure. So if, if if it's that kind of a thing and then somebody's visiting me and be like, hey, when you get out of the shower, can you pop a window and do a quick squeege because we got a little problems with the condensation here? Oh, yes. As a guest, I don't want to give you black mold. Yeah. Sure. So I, I see that entirely. <laughs> but if it's just oh, yeah, yeah. you don't want smudge marks, uh, it's not a crisis. Well, I think this is absent any conversation between host and guest. Because like as a guest, if I saw a squeegee, I I would just squeegee. If I wasn't sure if you wanted me to squeegee for some reason, I guess I could ask like, hey, do you want me to squeegee afterwards? And then as a host, you'd be like, oh, don't worry about it. Or like, sure. And if it really bothered you as a host, you could ask your guest like, oh, here's your towels. Here's where the guest bathroom is. And like, oh, if you wouldn't mind giving it a quick squeege, to use a Lee Bonham expression, then that would be perfectly fine, I think. Yeah, I think you could say, do you mind giving it a quick squeeze if it's a thing? Otherwise, I need to be told. Otherwise, I just think it's something you have in there. Your own volition, it would not occur to you to use the provided squeegee. No, it would not. Okay. I'd be like, am I supposed to use this on myself? Oh, what to do with the squeegee? <laughs> well, that's a different conversation. I just need to be told what to, just tell me. Well, okay, this uh, podcast is telling you <laughs> and everybody else out there that if you see a squeegee in a bathroom and there's a glass wall, you are being encouraged to use it to remove water from that so that when it does dry, it doesn't have water spots. Like that, that is the point of this. That's how so far we know. had to walk for you to answer that question directly. With, uh, with <laughs> <laughs> uh, you didn't like the journey we took? The side we, to side we sweeping remodeled. motion of a journey. Okay. <laughs> There, now I'm told. Now you know. If you see a squeegee, squeegee. I, you know, it'd just be nice to do. Because, I mean, it's not going to kill you. It's not going to kill you. Oh, I'm happy to do it. But I will say that if you are a host that has a squeegee lifestyle, you just have to know not every guest is going to be able to live up to your expectations. Oh, they're for sure not. So just want to calibrate accordingly. So our next question is, quote, I was recently at a lovely group dinner with friends and two of us had just made travel plans and we asked the rest of the table if anyone else might want to join. As people weighed the pros and cons, they asked how much our flights cost. When I shared the amount we paid, I was met with the following comments. Oh my gosh, why did you pay that much? Oh, I don't think I would have paid that price. What? But I flew to that city for cheaper. 
This made me feel like I had to defend myself. I proceeded to explain the limited flight options and how this was just the cost of economy flights since it will be at peak travel season. After being met with another round of comments on the price, I felt myself starting to have an emotional reaction. So I finally told them, you guys are making me feel bad. The group immediately switched their tone to say that I should not regret it and that I would have a great time. But I've been in a few group conversations where similar comments have been made to me as travel is one area where I do choose to spend my money. Is there anything I could say to politely head off the negative, judgy comments next time? I, A, I'm very proud of our letter writer for saying, hey, you're making me feel bad. You know, just be like, just very direct. Like this, this doesn't feel good to me. Yeah. And it did end it. It was successful. So I think that is a great etiquette resolution to that current problem. Um, I did notice that instead of saying, instead of taking responsibility for the friends, instead of saying like, oh, I shouldn't have said that or why they're like, oh, don't regret your choice. It's like, no, maybe you should have kept your opinion to yourself. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. And then I, I almost feel like let's not get in these conversations with these people anymore. When you say this has happened before, is there anything politely to head off any negative? It seems like people, and this does seem like a trend, where when you say something, people then feel the need to say what they think about it instead of just saying, oh, you know. Oh, you mean the trend of people feeling the need to comment on everything? Yes. (laughs) That trend? Yeah. I mean, welcome to Yelp reviews and (laughs) all reviews and commentary. And yeah, no, there is this feeling that everything requires some sort of commentary. Uh, But commentary on how it would work for you when this is it's our letter writers travel plans. You know, it's just like a very like like when I say I like Lord of the Rings, people go, I hate it. You're like, well, I don't I wasn't. I'm just telling you what I like. You don't need to like. Right. You don't need to tell me. I would never pay that. You're like, oh, how about just have a great time? Yeah, I mean, I think the issue here is that it's actually not about what things cost. Like that's not what this is about. It's that your friends are saying you have bad judgment. You have bad judgment because you allowed yourself to pay some dollar amount for something, and allowing yourself to pay that was bad judgment. And that's why I think this is super rude. And also like why this made you feel bad. Cause like your friends are being like, Oh, you have bad judgment. I don't like it. I, and I would try to not be in these conversations anymore. Yeah. I think that's really the solution. Like, let's just not go there again. Cause we all spend our money the way we want to. And we all have different things we spend our money on. Like I spend money on travel. Like that's where most of my budget goes. Other people spend their money in different ways on watches, on experiences, on fine wines, on cooking at home, on cheese. Uh, Leah, what do you spend your money on? My dog. Your dog. Yeah, (laughs) that is really true. (laughs) Right. And so like, that's how you want to spend your money, in which case that's great. That's not for anybody else to question. Yeah, it's just, I really think this is a a sad habit that's that's come come into our culture where everybody just comments on it's very judgy. Oh, how how I think you, like you just said. And I think the best way to deal with it is by not participating in these conversations. That's tricky though, because it's like, oh, it would be nice if these friends wanted to join us for our trip to Reykjavik or wherever we're going. And it's like, if we don't talk about it at all, then it's sort of like, you know, I guess we could say like, oh, here are our dates. And I, we're flying on Iceland Air, but, you know, other airlines fly there too. And so- you know, check out the flights to see if anything works for you. And maybe that's just how we leave it. And then if somebody says, well, how much did you pay? I almost feel like you could say, hey, last time we had this conversation, I brought up what I paid and all of you sort of jumped on me and made me feel bad about it. So I don't really want to talk about it anymore. That's fair. That's definitely fair. Yeah. 
Because you're not being you're not being rude. You're just being like, hey, this is a, a road I've walked down before more than once. And every time I feel bad. So I'm not walking down it because people need to like have a little mirror back onto their, you know, oh, I did do that. Yes. And it's also like, do you really want to talk about the way you spend your money? Like, let's talk about how you prioritize your finances. And it's like, that's not, that's not what we're doing. It's your money. Yes. Unless it's your business, how somebody spends their money. Unless there actually is some reason why you need to be involved or care or have a say. If that is not what is happening, then yeah, it is not your business. And you're welcome to say if someone was like, hey, I would love for you to come. And then you're like, oh, I can't afford it right now. That's fine. You, But don't say, oh, you shouldn't have paid that. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry this happened. But I hope you have a great trip. I hope you have an amazing is. trip. Yeah. Actually, I hope it's so good that you make all these other people regret not joining you. That's really the most satisfying outcome here. I also think it's a very satisfying outcome telling people, I don't want to go down that road again. Yeah. I mean, it is satisfying to set a boundary and be like, yep, I just set that boundary. I set that boundary because you multiple times hurt my feelings. So I'm not doing that to myself. Love you. And now it's time for Intermezzo. Intermezzo. So this episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. And Acorn TV streams world-class mysteries, dramas, and comedies from around the world. So Leah, I am looking for a series about an amateur detective. I don't want professionals. What do you got? I'm glad you asked, Nick. (laughs) Because as we know at home, I'm obsessed with mysteries. We have the professional detectives, then we have the amateurs that obviously have a gift and they maneuver their way in there. And Acorn TV has a lot of choices for you. You could go with Madame Blanc. Right? Because she's an antique dealer and uses that knowledge (laughs) to solve crimes. I mean, it's great knowledge. Yeah, yeah. Uh, We also have Agatha Raisin, which I have discussed multiple times. She was a PR person, very confident Mm -hmm. woman, wears the wrong shoes to every occasion, which I love. And we also have Harry Wilde. Yes, Jane Seymour. And I enjoy all of those shows very much. So you out there, sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv. And now it's time for Intermezzo. Intermezzo. So this episode is brought to you by Brooklinen. Brooklinen is the internet's favorite sheets. That's right. And they're great. They sent us some sheets and I'm sleeping on their percal, white, of course. And they're crisp. They're cool. They don't sleep too hot, which is definitely the thing I do not want in sheets. So they're the perfect temperature for me. And I feel like coming into a new season, it's the perfect time for a refresh, right? You get new colors. You get new patterns. You recreate your whole sleeping space. Or you can switch the fabrics. So Brooklyn actually has fresh linen and it's designed in Brooklyn, made in Portugal, and their washed linen is made with 100% European flax. So you can get the lightweight essentials necessary to upgrade your space for the summer from Brooklinen. So visit in-store or online at brooklinen.com. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com. And use code WOLVES for $20 off your order of $100 or more. So our next question is, quote, A friend of mine recently mentioned the one-year rule regarding time to get thank you notes out for wedding presents. I thought the one-year rule on wedding gifts applied to the time allowed to get gifts to the couple, not one year to write a thank you note. Can you give us a ruling, please? It's another Nick Layton. Yes. And we've talked about this before, but it does feel like we all need a little reminder. So here's the rule. You have up to a year to send a gift. You do not have a year to write a thank you note. Full stop. That's the rule. You have two years. <laughs> Leah Bonima, <laughs> do you are not helping. We are we are trying to make the world better. 
You are just undoing it. You're just like pulling the little thread. You're unraveling the tapestry of politeness that we are trying to create here. Oh, you know, I'm kidding. <laughs> yes, I know. But does everyone else know? And a little more context. The you have a year to send a gift thing. That is not an excuse to delay. That's more like a grace period. So you should send that gift promptly. Like don't don't like actually wait until 364 days to like put that in the mail. But like you do have some time after the event to send a gift. Regarding the timing on the when to send the thank you notes, it's as soon as you receive that gift, which might be before the wedding. Like a lot of people send wedding gifts before the wedding actually happens. Those thank you notes should happen then. Do not wait until after the wedding to write a billion thank you notes. It is so much easier to do it as you go along. Um, and definitely the idea that you have like a year, like what an insane thing. Because can you imagine if you send a gift and a year later you get a thank you note? Like how does that strike you as a gift giver? That doesn't strike me good. So it is measured in days, Oof. weeks maybe. It is not measured in months. It's definitely not measured in a year. So just to be clear, you have up to a year to send. You do not have a year to write. Are we clear? We are very clear. We are. It's as if you used a squeegee <laughs> and just cleared that glass. Yeah, I feel like my tone might have been a little stern, but uh, sometimes we have to. We have to have mean Nick. So our next question is, quote, I've always had a question about group chat etiquette, in particular, group chats about planning events. I got an invite to a party with a bit of a mystery. We only had the date and not the time or place. The host told us to text back our RSVPs on the big group chat with about 20 people. There was a storm of yeses and noes, and I had no idea what was going on and who was going. My question is, once people have responded, should you make a separate group chat with all of the people who said yes to answer questions about the party or give more information and to avoid hurting the feelings of someone who couldn't come? Or should you stay on the original group chat as to avoid cluttered texts and confusion? I'm actually on a group text like this. Okay, so big group text, an event is happening, a subset of those people may attend. Yes. And I was very glad when the subset moved to another text strand because half the people weren't even in this geographical location. And I oh. was like, why are they getting these texts? Yeah. And are you going or not going? I am going. So you got moved to the new group? Yes. Yeah. I feel like that that is the way to go. And I think once you have sorted out all the logistics, then I think what is courteous is to go back to the original group text and pop in the details, which is like, hey, original group text people. Um, just in case you have a change of plans or want to attend, here's now the final plan. FYI, let me know if you can make it in a private DM. And I think it's less about our letter writer says to avoid hurting the people's feelings of someone who couldn't come. I don't think it necessarily hurts people's feelings. I think it's more that they don't need all those texts coming in about the details when it's something that they're no longer involved in. Yeah. Oh, for sure. No, I think it's definitely courteous to be like, oh, take me out of the loop. Yes. But I would like if I wasn't attending, like, oh, just give me a heads up when you do sort out the plan in case I wanted to go in the end or I had to change the plans or like just to know what it is. And I definitely wouldn't feel excluded then. Yeah, I think that's a nice addition. Okay. So then that's that. Do that. So our next question is, quote, I was invited to my boyfriend's family's home over the weekend. Dinner and breakfast the following morning were a sit-down. I honestly felt drained and awkward to go to breakfast, so I skipped it to catch up on some work. I'm afraid I was rude, but how much? What should I do about it now? And is this a bad sign for the relationship? I always want to have our letter writers back. Right. However. However. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I understand you're tired. Traveling is hard. You had work. You felt like it was like early in the morning. You felt awkward. But I think that when we're meeting people's family, we show up to the events we're invited to. Yes. I think it's important to participate in all the things that your host has arranged, especially since it sounds like this is a new relationship. If you were married for 40 years and these were your in-laws and you've just had it, sure. Stay upstairs, skip breakfast. Like we all get it, but this sounds pretty new. So you do have to like put your best foot forward at all times. And I, I understand when you have work, but I think you go down to breakfast. This is lovely. And then you say, man, I, I need to be excused. I have, I have work. I right. have to, this was absolutely lovely. I'll see you at dinner. Right. Thank you so much. Yeah. So I guess, yeah, uh, let's answer the questions. Was this rude? It wasn't great. Wasn't great. How much? Hard to say. I think we'd actually have to check in with the boyfriend on this. Be like, did anybody notice? Did anybody care? Because there's a lot of families where it's casual, although sit-down breakfast. Well, I guess most breakfasts are sit-down. Um, that is, I was thinking linen in my head when I heard sit-down. There could have been linen. There could have been linen. Yeah, I, When I read this, in my mind, I was picturing those silver toast thingies where the toast goes vertical. Oh. I was picturing that. This is a lovely breakfast. Well, because when you say like sit-down breakfast, it, it sounds so formal, but most times we are sitting. Unless we're just like eating a bagel while we're like standing over the sink. So, I think they mean sit down like they're saying 8 a.m. Yeah, breakfast will be served. Right. It, it's that vibe. Yeah. I guess I would ask the boyfriend, which was like, oh, how catastrophic was this? And then is this a bad sign for the relationship? So we are in an etiquette show, not a relationship show. We want to stay in our lane. I love however. not staying in my lane. So, oh, good. There was a however. <laughs> I do think, is the question, is it possible that this is something that really upset your partner's family or your boyfriend? Right. Is that the question? Yeah. And I mean, it could have. That's why I would talk to them about it. Yeah. And a bad sign for the relationship. I mean, I guess it's sort of like, was there something happening where it was draining and awkward? Uh, I, that's a good question, I guess. But I mean, sometimes we just... We go up, we show to breakfast, we have small talk, we're polite, you know, because it's the person's family and that's just a part of the deal. Yeah, you just got to rally. Um, yeah, so I think I would talk to the boyfriend. Did anybody notice? Is anybody bothered? And then I guess that's the conversation. Is they're like, oh, how, how did we feel about all of that? And what, if anything, needs to happen now? Let's say the family is super bothered by this. Like, I cannot believe that she did not come down for breakfast. And they're annoyed. I think we would write a letter to our hosts of that weekend, thanking them for their hospitality, how nice it was to see them or meet them. Explain that just, uh, unfortunately, I just wasn't feeling up to breakfast that morning. A lot of work uh, uh, stress was happening. Um, I want to apologize for coming across as rude. It was not my intention. Um, I really enjoyed spending time with you, and I'm, I'm sorry that that meant I couldn't spend as much time with you as I wanted. So I just wanted to apologize. And I think we just kind of leave it at that. Um, that's kind of the best you can do. And then like leave it in their court and then, you know, see if you get invited back. I think if the boyfriend is upset about it and he says his family's upset and this is something that you want to fix with that apology note, I might add a cheese basket. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I like a baked good. I mean, would you send breakfast items or is that a little provocative? That seems provocative. I would just, I would say <laughs> what you said where I apologize. I was just overtired from the trip. I wasn't feeling myself. I was upset about work. I should have taken the time. I apologize. I had a wonderful time meeting you. Yeah. I look forward to making it up in the future. And then, yeah. And then a baked good, a cheese. Okay. Not breakfast related. Non-breakfast related. Caviar. Like we're moving forward. The next right. thing. 
And ideally, the thing you send is actually something thoughtful that you noticed from that weekend together. So they mentioned something at dinner the night before. It's a hobby that you know they like. It's it's something that's super personal, not just like a vague basket of pears. And then also, it is possible, as Nick said, that they weren't bothered at all. It was casual. Yeah, I, I hope that's what it is. It could totally be that. Right. And then regardless, I would send a thank you note for having me, whether oh. or not you're going to apologize in it or not. Oh, that's, yes. Actually, that will get you great points regardless. Yeah. No, actually, the thank you note, you should always send the thank you note. Yeah. And you do have their address because you were at their house. So I feel like we handled that. We're supportive of our letter writer, even if we slightly were like, yes, maybe that was a bit of a thing, but you, we're, we're moving forward and we love you dearly and we think we can get through this together. I think we're going to be able to pull through. I do. Yeah. I, but keep us posted. Actually, let us know like, oh, was there actually any fallout and how did they like the uh, the cheese basket that you sent or how was the thank you note received? Do you get points for that? Yeah. Let us know how it goes. I feel good about the plans we have to move forward with it. Okay. We're moving forward. So our next thing is a bonkers. Bonkers! And it's quote, while driving downtown, I noticed the car in front of me had a bumper sticker with a QR code that said, help us fund our dream wedding. I took a blurry picture through my windshield while waiting at the four-way stop because I doubted anyone would believe me without evidence. Who on earth would donate money for a random couple they've never met? I am gobsmacked. I've actually seen this on the back of cards. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I'm not gospacked at all. <laughs> this is the world we live in. Yeah. I mean, the idea that we're just uh, begging strangers for money, uh, that's that's the world we live in now. And it's so it's not like it's like a GoFundMe for a medical situation, which I absolutely understand. It's like, hey, help pay for my wedding. It's tacky. Yeah. There, there's no polite way to do it. There's no polite way just to ask people for cold, hard cash. It's just, it's not, it's just not a thing. Miss Manners has a great quote on this very topic, which is, people have gotten shameless about demanding money from family, friends, and strangers alike. Even the ubiquitous gift registry with its transparent whitewash is giving way to the outright demand for money. Any occasion will do, birth, death, anything in between, as an excuse for begging it seems to Miss Manners that there are enough serious causes that need addressing before solvent people are justified in engaging in self-philanthropy. Self-philanthropy. Uh, that's a very kind way to describe what is happening. <laughs> I have been, I have driven behind cars where, I drove behind a car where their entire back window was spray painted with a help me, it was a wedding. Yeah. Help me have my dream wedding. And I wondered... Has somebody driven by and been like, that's so funny. I'll throw $5 in. This must work. This is actually must work. I mean- It must have worked at some point. Because, yeah, okay, I'm going to throw in five bucks. I mean, is that going to help you have a dream wedding? I mean, what is your dream if my $5 is really going to push you over the edge? Well, if a hundred people throw in five bucks. Yeah, okay. I also, when I see these things, I sort of find them funny. I think it's cheeky. I think it's pretty cheeky. Yeah. You know, I think we're in this culture of uh, it can't hurt to ask. Right. And here's the thing. It can. <laughs> it actually can. Yeah. Yeah. And it falls with the same sort of vibe of like, well, I'm just being honest. And it's kind of like, hmm. Also, and sometimes you're not being honest. You're just being rude. Yes. Uh, and so the idea, oh, it can't hurt to ask. Well, mm, yeah. I mean, if it's unreasonable, uh, it actually might hurt. It's like walking up to somebody and saying, can you buy me a pony? Who are you? I've never met you. 
Although I want to meet that person. But also now- <laughs> like, maybe I'll just be like, so like, that's wild that you said, sure. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay, let's go pony shopping. All right. Let's go get that pony. Yeah. Where where does one buy a pony? I, I'd have to look that up. I don't know. Where Can you buy them in stores? I mean, we have been looking at pony pictures since that. <laughs> yes. We've gotten a lot of pony content sent our way. And obviously we would episode. go to a pony rescue. We would go to a yes. pony rescue. But yes, this was a bonkers story. This is bonkers. But I love the term gobsmacked. I mean, what a great expression. Fantastic. I think we should all try to use it more this week. I'm going to use it today. Okay. I mean, I, I'm sorry about whatever's going to make you gobsmacked, <laughs> but I'm excited that you get to use the expression. <laughs> Unfortunately, there's a lot of choices. That's what's bonkers <laughs> about this story is that it's not even bonkers anymore. And that's bonkers. Yeah, I'm gobsmacked that this is not gobsmacking. I'm gobsmacked that I've seen this in my own life. So there's more than one person doing it. So you out there, have you been gobsmacked by anything lately? (laughs) Or do you have an etiquette crime report for us? A vent, a repent, or a question? Please send it to us. Please send it to us through our website, raisedbywolves.com, or you can leave us a voicemail or send us a text message, 267-CALL-RBW. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Now it's time for Intermezzo. Intermezzo. So this episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. And Acorn TV streams world-class mysteries, dramas, and comedies from around the world. So Leah, I am looking for a series about an amateur detective. I don't want professionals. What do you got? I'm glad you asked, Nick. Because <laughs> as we know at home, I'm obsessed with mysteries. We have the professional detectives. Then we have the amateurs that obviously have a gift and they maneuver their way in there. And Acorn TV has a lot of choices for you. You could go with Madame Blanc. Right. Because she's an antique dealer and uses that knowledge <laughs> to solve crimes. I mean, it's great knowledge. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we also have Agatha Raisin, which I have discussed multiple times. She was a PR person. Very confident mm-hmm. woman. Wears the wrong shoes to every occasion, which I love. And we we also have Harry Wild. Yes, Jane Seymour. And I enjoy all of those shows very much. So you out there, sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv. This episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. So Leah, what show do you want to talk about today? Very exciting new season of Harry Wild dropping this week. Oh, Harry Wild is great. So Harry Wild is Harriet Wild, played by Jane Seymour, and she just retired and she gets mugged. And so she's recovering in her son's home. And lucky for us, her son is a police detective. Isn't that convenient? She gleans a clue about one of his current cases. Mm-hmm. He is like, I got it, ma. Stay out of it, Ma. And she's like, nope. And so she sets out to solve it herself with a very unlikely sidekick. Very unlikely sidekick. And I'm not giving it away this time because I felt like I did in the Modern Blog Mysteries. So now I'm zipping my lips. Okay. You got to get in there and watch it yourself. So check that out and check out all the great stuff that Acorn has. Sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv.